We are recording as of right now. Well, hello and welcome to the first episode of Dirty Talk with... Sol. Sol. <laughs> and Fraser. Uh, before we get into the episode, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands uh, upon which we are recording today's episodes, the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people of the Eastern Kulin Nations. And of course, I'd like to extend that acknowledgement to the lands of... Uh, of wherever you may be, may be tuning in from. I acknowledge elders past, present and emerging in any First Nation listeners in the audience today. Sovereignty was never ceded. This is and always will be Aboriginal land. Well, 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 you handsome devil. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to talk about, talk about D&D, learn about ourselves, yep, each other. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yes, because we haven't done that. We haven't done that at all. Um, I don't know who you are. I've, yeah, I've never met you before in my, in my <laughs> life. I don't yeah, actually know anything about you. Yeah. We like hate each other. We could. Love I, each other. Love each other. I got a feeling it's going to be, I got a feeling it's going to be a very passionate um, <laughs> and brief and brief love between yeah, us. Yeah. Short and sweet. <laughs> yeah. Well, like burn, burn bright. Yeah. So where did, um, where did it all, cause I think uh, knowing what I know about you, you, mm-hmm. um, you've been, you're, you're very much into fantasy and sci-fi, that kind of gear, obviously. And where did that kind of begin for you? Was that, was that like video games or was it books or board games no, or, or what? I didn't really play video games when I was younger. I had a, I had a GameCube and my friends had video games. But, mm. I mean, as you know, I grew up in a rural, in a very rural area. Mm. Didn't have much access to technology. Um, I read a lot. Mm. Um I was really into Doctor Who. Uh, I was really into like shows like Robin Hood on ABC. There was like that classic um, Robin Hood show on ABC. Yeah. Um, I read, I had to spend a lot of time on a bus to get to primary school. Oh, right. Um, So I read a lot and I read a lot of like Harry Potter and stuff. And then obviously like very beginner fantasy kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. and then it sort of progressed from there and spending a lot of time as a kid uh, with a wild imagination on a farm by yourself. Mm. Well, not by yourself, but like um, as the only child around, you just sort of, you know, r- let your imagination run wild. And yeah. I think, I think it's um, on the broader topic of like fantasy and D&D and mm. role playing and that kind of thing. It's it's very interesting to see because I know that all like our group, our D and D group, is all like obviously all pretty outgoing, but and all have pretty great imaginations. But they're also very comfortable in just outside, being outside mm. and just um, just hanging around outside. And I think that's like an interesting sort of interplay between between the two mm, um mm. and i know as a kid like i would see a tree and it's sort of like spider wick you would see a tree and imagine like like it you know like twisting and forming into something else and yeah it's that kind of like imagination that sort of draws you into this into the world i think yeah there's something about being in being out in nature like quite regularly that it, it seems to encourage a lot of like really imaginative thinking like that because you see mm. things like trees that just have like weird shapes and you think, mm. oh, I wonder what what could that be other than mm. like what else could that be? 
like a bigger tree yeah or a smaller tree it could be <laughs> yeah a slightly bigger a shrub tree. a shrub i was thinking about like the first session we played mm. and how sort of intimidated i was i'd played D a couple times before mm. but i was really intimidated and because it was like a very scary thing mm. with all these like older people all like actors all really getting into it <laughs> and i sort of made this dumb barbarian character as you do mm. thinking because i was obviously attracted to the combat which i think is quite a natural thing when you're getting into D right yeah, yeah and then it's like you make this dumb character that hardly talks and i was just like and i remember the first time i spoke i just went really red and i was like <laughs> i don't know who these people are i feel really uncomfortable yeah but then yeah i think yeah it was it's a, it was an interesting progression with that character. Mm, mm. It's amazing how quickly the um the the kind of well maybe you didn't have this this same experience, but I I certainly found when we started playing since you're referring to our first home game yeah. session, which we started yes. in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when we started playing, it it took me maybe only maybe only like a couple sessions because we didn't know each other before we started playing we didn't know each other well yeah um and so i was i was naturally pretty nervous as well about like putting on funny voices and (laughs) and you know describing this world that i didn't i didn't know if if any of you were going to be like oh geez this guy spent like fucking hours creating this fake world what a loser what a loser um, but it only took a few sessions for, for that kind of the nerves to, to melt away because I find there's this really interesting thing that happens at any D&D table where you can take a group of total strangers and usually I've been lucky enough to be a part of groups that have it's always happened this way where everyone just mm-hmm. suddenly just gets along like really, mm-hmm. really well. Like it mm-hmm. just like everyone just enjoys each other's company and, mm-hmm. and feels really comfortable. It's it, It's really really cool there's something about the the magic of of sitting around a table and just sort of telling this imaginary story yeah yeah, with a bunch of people and you also get given like a goal an objective to follow Mm. so everyone like bands together around this objective like that's the whole point you're with a group of people Mm. and you're all like banding together to 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 complete some objective and doing that whole teamwork side of thing Mm. Um, so it sort of naturally leads itself to, I think, um, teamwork and cooperation teamwork. and yeah. friendships that last that last a lifetime. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> or until your campaign finishes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, as soon as we finish um, our home game and dirty. Well, I don't think I hope to hope to never finish Dirty Twenty really. But um, as soon as we finish that home game, it's that that sort of layer of friendship is all just going to disappear like i'll I'll, it'll be a a strictly professional working relationship that i'll have with you guys (laughs) from then on (laughs) we don't speak to each other at all we just sit down on the table and then just switch it on yeah and then suddenly we're these really animated alive players for a couple of hours and then we just go back to being silent you kind of touched on it um earlier but one of the questions that i had for you Mm -hmm. um when you were talking about the the first character that you wrote Mm -hmm. i Obviously, um, obviously, you guys haven't uh, haven't um, had the privilege like I have of, of seeing all of the the various characters that Soul has has written. But uh, 
you do have the immense honor of, of knowing knowing Archie. <laughs> I've been privy to the other characters that you've written. And one of the things that I love, I love that you do, and you do really, really well, is you write characters, the characters that you create have really, there's, there's something really simple to them. There's something like really simple to their backstory and like where they fit into the world and their kind of relationships with people. And that leads them to go on and, and develop in this really organic way that really sort of hooks them into the world. And I was wondering, is that something that you're like, that you're conscious of when you write your character? Like, do you think, okay, I want to keep this like relatively simple, just do like X, Y, and Z, or does it sort of happen more naturally for you when you write these, these folks? I, no, I think it is a conscious decision. Mm. Um, like as, as, as I touched on my first character, I was so inexperienced that I wrote barely anything. Mm. And then I discovered that you sort of, it happens naturally, mm. like through the course of playing, your character is going to get fleshed out. Mm. Um, but then when that character died and mm. I started writing my second character, I was like three pages into writing like backstory. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> hang on, this just feels like ridiculous. I'm not enjoying this at all. Mm. And I've written all this stuff that is supposed to be a secret for the character, but I, as a like as a player know it. No, yeah, interesting. Isn't Which that an is interesting just, thing? I find it very disingenuous when it's like I have to pretend like I don't know something when you've got a person there being the DM mm. that will make that for you if if you ask them to make it for you. Mm. So I think it's it's about like making the right it's a it's purely about setting up your character in the world and mm. like having a an emphasis on the world around the character. So then the character can build off the world to like form an actual it feels like a genuine character. That makes sense. Yeah. Um and then you also like you don't want to I find that I don't want my characters to be too serious mm. so you always like because if you get unless you're like a really serious person and enjoy playing serious characters which I'm not at all mm. um, I find it removes some of the fun to try and play serious yeah. so I try and add like a little bit of absurdity um, in like the character's backstory or like one part of their personality that's a little bit like um a bit quirky, absurd. bit absurd, yes. yeah. And it's always it's always good to add a flaw as well to your character. Oh yeah, um, flawed characters are the best. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think it's it's um you you want your character to go somewhere. Mm. You know what I mean. You don't want your character to be stagnant mm. or this like really powerful being. Or you want it. You want your character to be able to progress whilst mm. as like alongside the story. Mm. That's right. Um, so there's a little bit to think about when you're making a, making a character, but the the most the most important thing is keep it simple, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying talking to you. All right. My Hit questions, me. Fraser, are directly related to the podcast world. Great. All right. First question, mm. Fraser Shepherdson. Mm-hmm. So rumble. Who is the big antagonist? <laughs> the big antagonist? Yeah, for the whole campaign. The the entire campaign. Yeah. I want um, you to tell me everything. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know everything about the story before we Yeah. Okay. Um you well <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the big antagonist of this world is um 
It's actually it's actually wave. It's actually it's actually <laughs> Cook Wave. Wave yeah, on the shore. Comes back. Yeah. He's gonna go on to become the the final final boss in like episode three hundred or I whatever it is. Blame him. He's probably the most tortured character yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that bit where he's just like staring out to sea, standing on the beach. Yeah. When he's like trying to fish, and then he. He like misses with the spear and then just chucks it into the such a such a bitter man. Uh, <laughs> it's very yeah. fun. Yeah, bitter cat person. Yeah. Okay, next question. Good mm. answer. Thank you. How is the campaign going to finish? How's the campaign going? Well, I, I think I answered that in the in the first question. It's going to end with yeah, like you a, probably did an epic showdown with with, with Cook Wave on the shore. <laughs> yeah. In um, one word. In one word. How's the campaign going to finish? In one word. Seafood. <laughs> That's how it's going to go. It's going to be a, a, a fishing extravaganza. My next question. Mm. Is this another joke question? Or no, okay. no, it gets serious from, from here on out. Sure. This is, this is where the fun stops. Oh, great. Um, what's the difference that you have found or discovered mm. between DMing on a podcast compared to DMing our home? Just our home. Mm. Good question. Good question. There's that... I. The first thing that comes to mind is there's that innate kind of uh, need, like I feel like I need to perform a little bit more when I'm mm-hmm. when we're recording the podcast. Like I feel mm-hmm. like I need to uh, put on a little bit more of a show, which mm-hmm. is it, it, unavoidable, I think, really, when you know that you have an audience. Yeah. Um, and all of us, all of us being performers and. Um, having been on on stage before in front of audiences like live audiences and whatnot i think i think we have a it's it's pretty natural for us to as soon as we know that we're being listened to by you know more people than just us mm-hmm. at the table mm-hmm. um there's that thing that happens where it's like uh, well i have to i want to i might like you know embellish this a little bit more try and make this sort of gag a little bit more you know give it a bit more weight um do you remember for you, do you remember if there was a specific moment where you sort of realized, because you said the combat of D&D is what kind of drew you in, one of mm. the things that drew you in. Do you remember there being a moment when you properly sort of fell in love with D&D when you're probably like, oh, this is awesome? Or was it more of like a slow burn over over many, was, many I think it was weeks. more of a slow burn. Like I knew it was enjoyable. That's why I rocked up every second week or how often we played. Mm. But I remember that was when we were in our first year of uni and mm. it was pretty intense and I had a lot of other things going on outside with like band and music and stuff. So it just, and don't take any offense. Of course, of course. But in that first sort of year, it was like another thing in my schedule. Yeah. And it was fun. It was it was fun, but I wasn't, I wasn't sort of enraptured by it. Yeah. Um, but then I think it happened last year, actually, when we went into lockdown and I had nothing to do at home. Mm. Um, and that's when I got really into D&D. Mm. Um, and that's when I sort of got really invested in it. Mm. And and also playing that character was so much fun and it brought out like a different side in my, my performative aspect. Yeah, cool. Which I had like a lot of fun playing and I think D&D can certainly do that. It brings out like when you play something for so long and you choose a character that's not a lot like you, mm. it brings out a like, certain side in your performative world that mm. is um, really fun to play. Mm. Um, 
it it was a slow burn, but I remember the point where I was like, okay, this is this is pretty good. Like, this, yeah, like I can fuck with this. All right, I'm gonna jump mm. ship on this um on this topic. Sure. And change topics. Sure. What is your favorite monster, villain, antagonist type um of character to play? Oh, I love villains who are scary, who are like genuinely quite spooky mm-hmm. people it's like i i like villains i like playing villains who are removed from the party for some time and kind of built up as being this kind of presence that's not mm-hmm. always around but that the party is always conscious of um shadows kind of thing yeah 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 very mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah what i love scary scary villains like that who you don't mm-hmm. see what they're doing and you don't know where they are and that mm. That um, that like provokes, like d- creates tension, and it makes people wonder, like, oh, when are they gonna show up next? And, and especially when they're really powerful villains as well, yeah. like they can, they could literally just show up in in an instant in front of you, and yeah. and they could, they maybe could like just kill the the whole party in like one fell swoop if they really wanted to, but but they don't, um, yeah. because that would defeat the purpose of D and D otherwise. But I I love. Yeah, I love villains that are kind of they hang out on the sidelines in the shadows. They work from the shadows and then become this real sort of underlying cause for fear and, mm. and concern. As a player, that is the worst thing, but yeah. in in the best way possible because you're always like very cautious and like yeah. scared all the time. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about the about the party itself? Like so far in the in the podcast, the podcast party. Like, how do you as a player and and you and maybe Archie as well? Like, yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm. I, I as a player, I really I think the party's great. Mm. It's hard when we've when we've had such a long break mm. because it's different. Like consistently playing um, rather than recording in the big block and then taking a long break. Mm. Uh, but I think. Yeah, I, I I think that there's a really good dynamic going on. Mm. Um, between, like considering we've only like we're only ten sessions in, you mm. can already see like the dynamics start to form. Yeah. Um, and there's this there, in the party. There's this great, like parental. Yeah. We sort of we sort of knew from the start that yeah. was going to happen. Yeah. There's this sort of great parental thing with Rizzy and Missy going on. Mm. Um and then the then um Amalda and and Mace and Archie are sort of the the troubling Yeah. Kids. Yeah. Um the kids that like to cause trouble. Yeah. Um I I can't help but f- but feel like um, Archie and Mace are sort of the older brothers to yeah, Amalda. For sure. Um, it's this very, it's like this family dynamic mm. um, that, that's going on. And I can already see those like little seeds of like these characters have like a playful, like sort of um, not not rivalry, but like this, oh yeah, I guess you could say playful rivalry, but they all, there's also like those seeds of, of love between mm. the characters mm. which is always which is always good to always good to see especially when it's like so early on yeah um yeah. and i mean 
issue making a child character is very interesting <laughs> but i i think it's i i think it's turned out for the i think it's turned out like as best it probably could oh, so it's served um, it served the party dynamic that you're talking about so yeah. well so yeah. so well having a 12 yeah. year old kid yeah in the group and issue makes these great characters that are sort of like the, the the pulling like it like sort of pulls all the characters together yeah yeah um she does a great job at that yeah which i think amalda definitely does she's sort of like the glue mm. to keep all the characters around mm. each other mm. if that makes sense yeah for sure um, it feels like it feels like they you know whether they whether they want to or not they have been mm. kind of in they've been given this 12 year old child like and I get the I get the sense from Missy that Missy very much feels like, what am I doing? Why am I looking after this? Why have I been charged with like looking after this child and this group of people? Yeah, yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, and it's yeah. so it's so nice. There's something lovely about that. Yeah, like my favorite moments have in um, the campaign thus far have been those moments where it's just like the three children mm. <laughs> sort of yeah like fucking with each other yeah and then the two adults i guess in quotation marks adults um sort of telling them off afterwards yeah. and trying to yeah. keep them in line yeah. yeah yeah it's like archie and mace yeah they, they definitely feel like the older brothers like whispering to amalda being like go do that go do that <laughs> yeah it's like it'll be really funny go yeah. on <laughs> yeah yeah um but I think from Archie's perspective. Yeah, how does Archie feel? Well, how does Archie fit into all this? I don't. I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil anything. But mm. Archie definitely at the moment has his own agenda. Of course. Um, and he's as I'm sure all the characters are. They're on. They're they're on that boat for their own reasons. Mm. Mm. So he's 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 starting to warm up, and he has like this very. He thinks Mace is hilarious to be around. He mm. thinks that he thinks that Mace is funny to make fun of. Yeah. Um, but also he sees the value in his in his strength and um his ability to protect yeah. Archie. Um because that's sort of the way Archie thinks, at least at the moment. It's sort of like, what can this person do for me? Yeah. Except for maybe Amalda, because he, he genuinely like is starting to like properly feel co- compassionate. Mm. Um, compassion for a milder, I think. Mm. Um, but at the moment, I think Archie is, and that's why he was sort of like quite ticked off that the boat went down because he mm. just wants he wants to get to Talon and he just wants to leave and he wants to sort out his own yeah. thing and like figure out his path. Yeah. So now he's stuck on an island with, his, yeah. with this like <laughs> ship crew and this specific like party. Yeah. Um, that. That is, um, you know, he he uh, he's a little bit ticked off, I'd say, about that. Mm. And then also, like, he's seen Missy and Rizzy cast magic, and uh, and he knows that they're both really intelligent um, people, and he's sort of wary of that a little bit mm. um, for reasons I yeah. can't. The, can't for divulge. reasons I can't divulge in yet. Yeah. Well, we know something from the the ending of episode ten. We know something's going on with, mm. with Archie, which I think is is going to be very very exciting when that I, comes I'm to really, fruition. I'm really excited to to see where that that part goes. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be hard to like come coming back into oh, the so recording. Hard. I'm just going to have to like. <laughs> 
I'm not I'm not the best performer. <laughs> I won't lie, <laughs> Liar. but like and I, I dropping in is something that like I'm not which is like an acting term, which I'm not mm. specifically trained in. So going back to that moment of being like really Archie was very pissed off because yeah. he couldn't hit anything and he just felt useless. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and he was I think he was having a hissy fit. Mm. Um and um and then being like and then getting sort of found out um, for something that he is a little bit, um, he's sort of a little bit in the dark about as well. Mm. I think um, mm. is, is something information. that I'm going to have to like get build up to, you know, like <laughs> to drop into that. Yeah, you know, that thought pattern is going to be difficult. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's yeah. <laughs> the problem with leaving it, uh, leaving episodes on cliffhangers like that. Mm. is that, it, well, yeah, during COVID as well, you run the risk of being locked down and not being able to do the next episode for like exactly. seven months. And so you have to go back into, yeah, right back into that sort of yeah. those, that moment of high tension. We'll have to do like a, have to, I don't, we'll have to do like some an drama exercises or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, an epic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to do drop-in have exercises. Have to clown. Before. Maybe we should, maybe we should um, record those drop-in exercises. Yeah, that's a good idea. Just yeah. just sounds of us yelling and, and running <laughs> around the room. and. <gasps> yeah. It, like, because it could be like a bold thing. Bold choices. Of, it could be a thing of where it's really built up and it's like really mm. dramatic. Or it could just be after we've left it for so long, just meh. Okay. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which is all part of it, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it'll be interesting to see um, how the relationship between all of the the party go. Yeah. Um, yeah. How absolutely. they're gonna get off this island as well, or like what's gonna happen in this island? It's mm. so mysterious. So so curious. Curious. Yes. I um I I love the party dynamic as well, and I. I I, what I really like about the podcast party is that it's a group of people who, like you said, everyone has their kind of own agenda, but no one is like in direct opposition with each other. Like mm-hmm. no one, no one is sort of like butting heads or mm-hmm. yet. Um, yeah. Like everyone just gets along, and there's a really yeah. nice. I, I really like it when that happens. Like the the moments where the group sort of fractures are really valuable and really exciting. Yeah. But if you have a group that's like uh just doesn't like each other it's so hard yeah it's so hard to dm it's so hard to play yeah um one of the characters that we had in our in our home game uh was the like manipulating the party into into getting what they wanted into furthering their own agenda and whilst that was really fun and it made for like a really sort of climactic and, and dramatic story um aram who was playing said character was just exhausted at the end of every yeah. session we had because he was like, "I'm so, I'm so tired of like de- having to actively deceive these people and and yeah. you know keep up appearances and yeah, um, yeah, it's hard work. It's hard I, work. Yeah, I, I think when you when you create because that was that was a warlock character and when you create mm. a, a warlock character that's sort of destined to be slightly evil perhaps or manipulative in that mm. regard, you you sort of have like a like a, a timer on how long the character is going to be yeah. around for unless they get yeah. their way the whole way through, which as a player, do you even want that your character to do that? Like, yeah. Or will you get invested in your in your party? It's Yeah, I think it's interesting. Mm. Um, 
there is something that that's a good point this that i haven't considered that with warlocks before and that there is this like creating a warlock character there is this innate kind of uh mystery or like like agenda that comes with creating a character like that because they're associated depending on how you write them i suppose but they're associated with like an otherworldly being yeah um and that's the whole thing of of warlock so there's something there's some other force that's like whispering in their ear or sort of telling them to do things and that i i I think i think usually creates characters who are very who, who could have the potential to be like very deviant from mm. the from the party because they have mm. yeah a, a, an mm. extra planar being being like mm. i know the party wants this but i want this and therefore yeah. you need yeah. to get me that you know yeah and it's interesting like an interplay where like obviously aram's character was sticking with this being mm. the whole way through but your character could like totally fracture from that and be more yeah. invested in the party, which is an interesting yeah. play as well. Much think, like what happened in Critical Role with um Travis's yeah warlock character, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, our when because that was our first, those were our first characters, mm. and I think we were sort of blasé to the rules of D and D at the time, so we mm. just like. Because Aram's character was like carving bodies and stuff with the yeah. vigil of his oh, of God. his patron and really disturbing like, yeah, behavior. This, as like players, we were probably like, "Yeah, this is just normal D and D. This fits this into D and D. Yeah, this, this is, is what fantasy, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we just sort of let it happen. <laughs> mm, yeah, left it left it unchecked for for a very long time. Never but yeah, when you're just learning D and D, when you haven't played before, like how can you how can you be expected to kind of to know those things, to know that like the warlock of the party might not be all that they seem, exactly, um, or that what they're doing is actually really sinister and yeah, and and, and yeah. wrong, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting as Archie because I really don't know. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm very, I'm very, very excited for for you and me to um, develop that relationship if if that comes up or when that comes up. Yeah. For us to to delve into Archie's relationship with his his yeah. patron, whoever yeah. they might be. Yeah. Um I want it to be like a um like sort of like a sugar daddy. A sugar daddy. <laughs> yeah. I want the patron to be um like an old um grey haired, oily man. Yeah. Um really in, lonely, just has yeah. a lot of money. An expat that lives in Italy, yeah, or yeah. maybe Greece, yeah. Um, yeah. And he's just trying to get me enough power so I can fly to him, yeah. <laughs> so I can fly over. <laughs> yeah, so you can teleport to him. Yeah, at teleport the... to like the the wherever Italy is, yeah, and, uh, or Greece is. Like, why are you using all these powers I'm giving you to save the world? I just, I just want to see you. I just want to be with you for for a few hours. And then Archie's just like putting him off, like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure. Like... I'm a little busy at the moment. Um, just some <laughs> things came up. I, you know, I'll, you I'll be there my, as soon as I can. You and cut that... my my fund of magic, and it's yeah. like... <laughs> reduce you from two spell slots to one, oh. one. That's a brutal mechanic of the of the warlock, isn't it? The the mm. How are you going with that? Because you play in our home game. You play. A, you're playing a cleric at the moment, and clerics just have so a stupid many. amount of spells. <laughs> a stupid amount of spells. It's a lot so of spell many. slots. Like really fun sort of possibilities. Um, how you, how are you finding 
playing a, a warlock where your your magic is is much more limited in a sense um i find it hard playing a cleric um i enjoy it i think it's great but the amount of spells is overwhelming yeah so, um i really enjoy the warlock i enjoy the warlock more for flavor like for more for like role play rather than actual because it does get a bit sort of st- um, I don't know how to describe it. it. I suppose like a little bit stuffy, like mm. being Eldritch Blast, being the like the really the only thing you can do on repeat. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I'll have to wait and see what happens. I've thought about multi-classing. Oh yeah, um, because it is something that sort of concerns me. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, because warlocks sort of get left in the dust a little bit, mm. um, left behind. Like, they get some cooler features as they level up, but I don't know. And the invocations is really cool. Mm. But when you start coming up against, like, harder um, harder monsters with, like, a higher challenge rating, it it's sort of a bit daunting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've set, I've set, I think, Archie up in a way they can multi-class, but... Mm. And you can quote me on this if it ever happens. I think Archie will probably die. Oh, really? I okay. think Archie is going to be one of the characters that perishes. Oh, wow. Huge, um, searing hot take by Saul. <laughs> wow. I, like, and I'm not prepared for it to happen yet, mm. but I I do think it, it probably will happen. I'll be surprised if it gets to the end of the campaign and Archie is either not dead or hasn't multi-classed. Yeah, right. Um, right. Well, I reckon we should probably probably wrap it up here. Yeah, that sounds um, good. I think we've had a had a wonderful chat. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Sol. Likewise. As always. So thank you so much, folks. Thank you for thank you for listening to the first episode of Dirty Talk. Um, it's been it's been been a pleasure. Um, the the second episode will be releasing in a couple of days time, um, and uh, and yeah, we hope. Wait, this one's coming out on the first of September. Isn't on it? the first of September, which is going to be your birthday. So today yeah. is actually your birthday. Oh, for for all those. I haven't even wished me happy birthday. I haven't wished happy birthday, Sol. <laughs> actually, and we're recording this on Hugo's birthday. I would like to thank Boy <clears throat> and Ornate Flight for the. Um, cover art of the dirty dirty talk of course of course um great job on that um you can find him on instagram uh, at ornate flight great artist based in um um yes yeah thank you thank you so much for your for your wonderful work the um the the art for for dirty talk will be on our our socials so go check it out there and then and then uh, then go check out Ornate Flight. Thank you so much, folks. Stay well, stay safe. We will see you very, very soon. Love you lots. Bye. Bye!